good morning, everybody. We're going to start worship a little bit differently this morning. Have you guys ever felt like you're on the run or possibly even on the run from God? So this morning, we're going to be talking about the book of Jonah again. And uh, we're at the point in the, the thing, we know that Jonah's on the run. And Jonah is on a ship with a whole bunch of sailors. And uh, they're, they're going along in the ocean. And all of a sudden, a violent storm turns up. And it's getting worse and worse. And all the different sailors are they're starting to grumble at each other. And they're thinking, you know, somebody, you know, God's after us for some reason. And so they cast lots because they want to try and place blame on somebody. And the lot falls on Jonah. Well, Jonah's already told them that I'm on the run. And it's funny how, as people, we are, we're on the run all the time. Not necessarily busy, but we're on the run from other things too. God being one of them. And that's just our sinful nature. So this morning, it's time for us to take a, a quick second before service starts and think about what's it like to be on the run? And what if we just placed all of our cares in Jesus and let him be the one that we run to? What if we lived like he did and actually came forward, treated people better, did different things, and, and showed them what he's like? So this morning, we're going to start with a song, Live Like That, because that's what we're hoping to do. So would you please rise for our first song?
Let us go to God in prayer. If you would, please bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this morning. But Lord, more than that, we ask that you take our fear away. You take our worries away. We cast all of this upon you. Lord, as Jonah was, so are we. We are sinners looking for that thing that everybody wants. And we're on the run from you constantly, Lord. And we know that we just need to turn around. Lord, with that, I pray that this morning you touch us through the music, the message, the fellowship, the worship we're having here at 1C and all over the world via our live stream. Lord, this morning I ask that you bless all of us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.
may be seated. Day of reckoning. I don't know what comes through your mind, but I'd like to introduce a concept for you. Um, I think a day of reckoning is this fork in the road or the crossroads. On the one side, there is fear, I'm sorry, there is faith and trust in God who is always faithful. And then on the other side, there is this thing called fear. We just sang about it. And the two battled for our attention, and all too often we are just like Jonah. And we let fear get a hold of us. And it just drags us down. It, it wants to tell us that we are hopeless and helpless. And there's a little bit of truth with that. Because of our sin, we are hopeless and helpless. But there is another part of the story and hopefully that's why you came here today to church. You know, if you're like me, I, I sin all the time and it just accumulates and I look at it and it's this big pile of yuck. And we come to church and hopefully you're going to hear some words, whether it's um, in the, the music we sing, the prayers we pray, or the sermon itself, that God gets it, he understands it, and he deals with it. And he takes our sin. And he takes it as far as the east is from the west. So let's take a moment and let's get honest before God and each other. And we're going to pray the prayer of confession. And really this is a moment where we get to talk with God about who we are and our need for his mercy. So let's pray together this prayer. Heavenly Father, your desire is to bless your children here on this earth and for eternity. In your word, you show me how by your grace and mercy I have received one blessing on top of another. Lord, I confess that my sin has caused me to miss out on your blessings, my sin of selfishness, laziness, and rebellion has separated me from you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, show me my sin and remind me of your love that you have expressed through the sending of your son, Jesus. May the good news of his suffering, death, and resurrection empower me to live as your child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to say it as clearly as I can say it. Because of Jesus Christ, because of his suffering and his death, all of your sins have been taken care of. And because of his resurrection, we, we don't live as people who have no hope, but rather we live as people who have hope in Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So my prayer for you and me is that this burden of sin, we just give it to Jesus, and we give him thanks and praise with every breath we take. Amen. As we continue now in worship, a couple things are going to take place. Uh, kids, we're going to have the kids' message, like, real soon. Um, but um, also, we're going to be gathering prayer requests. So in the back of the chairs in front of you, you'll find some forms. You could fill a prayer request. Uh, we also gather tithes and offerings during this moment. This is an opportunity for us to say thank you, you know, God, for all that you've given. And then also you'll see the fellowship pads on the end of the rows if you would take time and fill that out and then pass it to people around you and get to know the people who you are worshiping with. So a couple things. Kids, come on up now. Come on over here. Greg's going to have the kids' message. And after the kids are up here, ushers, if you would please make your way up and start gathering the offering as the message goes on. All right. Come on up, boys and girls. We are talking about the story in the book of Jonah in the Bible, right? And Jonah actually ended up spending three days in the belly of a large fish. Isn't that amazing? Jonah spent three days in the belly of a fish. How did he get there? Does anybody know how he got there? Yeah. He forgot? Okay. 
Does anybody know how Jonah got in the belly of a fish? Yeah, how did? Yeah, so God sent the fish to swallow him, right? How did he get in the water? You know how he got in the water? Yeah. Yeah, there was this big storm, and he knew if they threw him overboard, then the storm would stop, right? So they threw him overboard, and the storm stopped, but he thought he was going to drown, and God sent this giant fish to swallow him up, and he was in his belly for three days, and then he got out of the belly of the fish and was able to tell the message to the people in Nineveh, right? Yeah. What do you think Jonah learned while he was going through all that? Yeah. Yeah, that God loved him, right? Because he thought he was going to drown. And he got saved by being in the belly of a fish. What else do you think he learned that Jonah learned? Um, do you think he learned that he couldn't hide from God? Yep, couldn't hide from God, couldn't run from God, right? Well, you know what? We have some things in common with Jonah. Like, we've all been in the belly of a fish for three days, right? No. Okay, not all of us have that in common. Um, let's see, how are we like Jonah? Yeah. Yeah, we've all tried to run away from God, haven't we? How else? We've all sinned. We've all tried to run away from God. Um, let's see, what else? Well, you know what? Jonah was saved by a giant fish that God sent to save him, right? So Jonah needed God to rescue him. And I think we need God to rescue us too, don't we? Yeah, so we have that in common with Jonah, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, yep, we're supposed to, to care for people, right? Well, I want to read a verse out of the Bible, but you know what? It's not out of Jonah. It's actually out of the book of Matthew, and this is Jesus talking about what happened to Jonah. Let's see what he says. He says, for Jonah was, was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So here Jesus is talking about this thing that happened to Jonah and saying that it was painting a picture showing what was going to happen to Jesus eventually for three days. And then, and then he says, the men of Nineveh, Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented the, at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. Who is greater than Jonah? Jesus, Jesus that's right. Jesus is greater than Jonah. And just as God had this plan to rescue Jonah by sending a giant fish to swallow him up for three days and then spit him out so he could preach the message to the people in Nineveh. God had a plan to rescue us too in that Jesus would come, Jesus would die on the cross, and he would spend three days not in the belly of a fish, but in the grave, right? But the grave wouldn't, couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him. And Jesus rose from the grave and is alive and offers us life with him. That's definitely a better message than Jonah in the belly of a fish, isn't it? Yeah, because Jesus saves us all through those three days in the, in the grave. And now we, since we have life in him, can share that great message with other people. Pretty awesome, huh? That we can share Jesus' love. And you know what? One way we do that is with our kids' offering that we started at the beginning of the year, right? We've got these jars over by the doors, these coins for kids where we get to share Jesus' love by putting coins and dollar bills in there to go towards helping kids get help who've had some, some not good things happen in their life. All right. Well, before you head back to your seats, let's pray. Can you fold your hands, bow your heads, and repeat after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to rescue us, for spending three days in the grave, And for not staying there, you are alive and give us life. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Thanks for coming up for the children's message.
I want you to hear those words again, the, this chorus part. I run to the Father, I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again. 
Oh, uh, like about a month ago, as I was anticipating the sermon series on Jonah, you know, I Google, you know, running from God and whatever. This song came up, and I listened to it, we'll just say a hundred times, and it's, it's sunk right in here. I started to, to admit the fact that too often I'm just like Jonah, and I'm not exactly who God wants me to be. And if you can identify with that, my prayer is that this sermon series and the word of God that we're going to be looking at today will take you from people well, who are in darkness into the light of God's love, where your hope is going to be renewed and you are going to be strengthened in the journey. All right, where have we been? Well, in the story of Jonah, let me uh, walk you through, just take a look at the, the slides. All right, we have uh, Jonah was a prophet to the n northern Israel. Now, northern Israel at this time uh, was, well, prosperous. They were, they were doing pretty good, uh, didn't have a lot of issues going on. Life was good, and being a prophet was a really good thing. And uh, Jonah was at that time. What else? God called him to go to preach to the city named Nineveh. Here's where the problem starts. I'll just say this is one point of the day of reckoning. Here's Jonah doing his thing, telling the people, this is what the word of the Lord says. Now God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. Now what, is, what does that mean? Well, Nineveh, uh, present-day Iraq, and it was uh, maybe the top of the food chain. They were powerful. Um, whatever they wanted to do and accomplish, they could do and accomplish. And uh, he didn't want to go there. In fact, we find that um, he didn't want to preach to Nineveh because it was, I'll use the word wicked, but I don't think that really captures everything. If you can just put in your mind for a second, Nineveh is what maybe we have today regarding ISIS. Brutal and cruel. They don't just, quote, win a war. They, they decimate wherever they go, and they torture, and they behead. They, they do all these kind of things, and, and Nineveh just didn't want to go there. Now, do you blame him, right? So what does he do? Well, he hops on a boat, and he heads the opposite direction. Remember? <coughs> Nineveh was 500 miles from where Jonah was, but he didn't want to go there. So he'd rather go 2,500 miles in the opposite direction than to listen to what God says. And then we get to this part called the Day of Reckoning. And a storm takes place. And I want to pause for a second. And, and I want you to think about the storms of your life, uh, the Day of Reckoning that maybe you've experienced with decisions you've had to make, and how, how much turmoil and storm water maybe you went through. And I'm going to get, um, I'm I'm to get pretty personal here. It goes back 20 years there was a day of reckoning in my life. My parents moved in with Kristen and I and the kids. And uh, my mom was struggling with some health issues. And as she got worse, I remember sitting in the doctor's office and the doctor just looked at me and, and said, Jim, uh, your mom is pretty fragile. If she gets a cold, she will not make it through. And I, I, I let those words sink, and it was pretty difficult to hear. So I'm sitting in my church office, and I get a phone call from my dad saying, your mom's not doing well. I think you should come. And so it was just a two, maybe three-mile drive to get there, and I'm driving really fast, and I got the attention of the police officer, but I didn't stop. I just drove all the way, you know, and I got to the house. I explained it to the police officer. Um, and so I go in and I find my mom really struggling with her breathing. And um, I picked her up in my arms because at this point she was uh, under 70 pounds. I picked her up and I put her in my car and we drove to the hospital. Uh, we let the brothers and sisters know that we're going to the hospital, so they all kind of show up there. We're all in the uh, ER room, in the room with her, and there's the, the question that needs to be asked, what do we do? What do we do? The doctor says, your mom doesn't have cancer, your mom has a strong heart, um, 
I think we can, you know, let's put a ventilator on and help her breathe and get through this. And I'm sitting here thinking what the other doctor said. She, she's not going to make this through. And I could, I could just tell. So there was a moment, and each one of the, the siblings got to weigh in, and my dad, and, and everybody said, oh, mom, do this. You, you can do this. And now you see, my mom and I were and are like this. And she looked at me, still cognizant, still able to communicate a little bit, and said, Jim, what do you think? If you want to have a flood of emotion going on in your life, be in an ER room when your mom is looking at you with these the biggest, bluest eyes ever. And the battle ensued inside of me. Do I tell her what I really think, what I really believe? Mom, don't do this. I'll take care of God, um, uh, Dad, and we'll meet you up in heaven sometime soon. Do I tell her that? Or do I say, go for it? I, I wish I could stand in front of you today and said that I, this is what I told her, but I didn't. Instead, I, out of fear, out of whatever emotion and whatever you want to say, I, I said, Mom, let's do this. And so she ended up uh, coding three times during the procedure. Uh, she lived for two weeks longer. And then she passed. The day of reckoning. Decisions to be made. Listening to God or listening to our own fear. The battle is intense. And I believe that the story of Jonah is God's way of speaking to people like you and me. And God's saying, I understand the battle. I understand the struggle. And even my great servant Jonah wrestled with this. So before we um, kind of get to the part I want to get to at the, the very end, actually, let's talk about Nineveh and what does it represent. Because I think the Bible is very picturesque, uh, especially the Old Testament. You know, I just think it's beautiful picture language. And when we think about the place called Nineveh, what does it represent? Now, geographically speaking, I told you, it's kind of, it's in Iraq area now. But what does it represent for Jonah, perhaps, and maybe even to us? I believe that Nineveh is whatever pulls you out of your comfort zone. Just think about it. For Jonah, it was preaching and proclaiming the word of the Lord to the children of Israel, God's own people, versus stepping over to Assyria and Nineveh and say, hey, repent. That's out of his comfort zone. Nineveh is the place God calls where you don't want to go. Again, Jonah didn't want to go there. Or for me, I didn't want to go to that place and say, hey, Mom, you just go to heaven and I'll take care of Dad. I didn't want to go there. Or how about this one? Nineveh, I'm sorry, Nineveh is the people who have hurt you deeply and God says, go and give them my message. And I don't think, you know, again, as we think about what Nineveh means, I don't think it's a geographic location. I think it's a hard thing. Nineveh can be danger. Nineveh can be discomfort. Nineveh is whatever you hate that God loves deeply. But I also believe this. Nineveh is a place where there are people that God loves deeply. And who God wants them to hear the good news of his love. I think that's the story. I think that's the tension that we're finding in this story of Jonah. And in order to communicate, God sends not just a storm, but an incredible 
violent storm to get the attention of people. Now, how did they respond? Well, they're going to be the sailors and there's going to be Jonah. So I'm just going to give you this really big, uh, quick list of looking at the text. So uh, sailors' response to the storm cried out to their own God. Uh, they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship, uh, told Jonah to get up and call on your God. Uh, they cast lots and the, and the lot fell on Jonah. And the men did their best to row back to the land. All right? So they were pulling out all stops. The storm got their attention. They were taking things into their own hands, and they were just doing stuff to, to deal with this. Do you remember what Jonah's response is to this violent, terrible storm that the sailors knew? Remember, these are professionals. They knew that this kind of storm, you have to do drastic measures. This kind of storm, you've got to pull out all stops. What does Jonah do? Anybody remember? You could say it. You could talk in church at this point. What do you think? Yeah. He goes down under the deck, and it says he fell into a deep sleep. What is that? I mean, who would ever try to tune everything out when God is trying to give a message and kind of fall asleep? Me? You, right? I mean, again, we're just like Jonah. We have the same kind of sin that Jonah has. And when God speaks, sometimes we go like this. I don't want to hear you. La, 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 la. Right? But God is relentless. God wants to get our attention. And even if we battle and struggle him, he's going to keep communicating his love. And what about this? When something bad happens, do you try to arm wrestle God by your behavior into getting something good? You know, we look at the story, we see the sailors kind of doing all of this kind of stuff. They're, they're desperately praying and they're, do we do that? Do you ever arm wrestle with God? Do you ever arm wrestle? Anybody ever arm wrestle? Okay, I want you to know, I was, I don't know if I am anymore. I was like the best arm wrestler ever. And my career as an arm wrestler started, well, before eighth grade, but eighth grade was the year. It was the annual eighth grade arm wrestling championship at Mount Calvary Lutheran School. And the tournament was all set up and all the, the things going on, so I'm going through, the, and I'm just dominating. I mean, I, I'm be trying to be humble here. Um, it didn't last long. Every time I'd get up, boom, boom, boom. Now we're getting ready for the championship match. And all my friends are around me and everyone's around the other person. And you could just feel the tension in the room. This is all during recess, just so you know. <laughs> you could picture almost like uh, if you ever watch UFC or any of that stuff, you could picture all the music going on and we're getting here and I'm like this. <clears throat> and the other person's right across from me. We look into each other's eyes, and again, I was fierce. I was fierce. And it started, and it lasted about two seconds. And then Jeannie Nufke, <laughs> do you get that? Jeannie Nufke beat me in two seconds. Jeannie, if you're hearing this on live stream, I am humbled. Uh, so after that moment, I had learned a technique of how to arm wrestle. It's illegal. You can't really do it. But I became so good, nobody could beat me. And my brother was so impressed that he would take me around to bars, and I would arm wrestle people, and I just wouldn't lose. Now, why am I bringing that up? How many times do we waste our energy and our effort, arm wrestling, and maybe doing it wrong. And we wrestle with God over the things we shouldn't be wrestling with. That we should be just listening and obeying and trusting and following whatever he says, whatever he does. We're all guilty of that, just like Jonah. So let's go back to the story. 
We get to verse 8. It says, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Now, this is, again, the sailors trying to assess the situation and the storm and what's going on. Do you remember Jonah's response? Well, verse 9, he says, He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. What's missing from this? They're trying to figure out what's going on here. Why is this happening? And it's almost as if Jonas, I, I, don't, want to, you know, I don't want to admit. So he answers some of the questions, but he doesn't get to the heart of it. So we go a little further, and we get to verse 12. Finally, Jonah says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. So he's getting closer. Jonah is getting closer, but he's still not confessing his wrong. He just says, it's my fault. But I'm not hearing that he's sorry. It's almost like the difference, right, um, when a child, his hands are, uh, their hands are in the cookie jar, and you go like this, and they say, I'm sorry. What are they sorry for? That they got caught, not that they did it. And I think that's where Jonah's at. He's still not spiritually at this place where, where he sees what's going on here. And again, that's my journey. And again, because of your sin... It's your journey. It's all of our journey. So then we find that the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. All right, so this is where we're going to end today. And we're going to find Jonah in the belly of the whale next week. So this makes for a great TV movie, right? So you want to come back, right? It's, it's like a saga continues. It's a cliffhanger, right? He's thrown overboard. And, but what do we learn? If we look back at what we've seen so far, I believe one of the things that we learn is that your sin and my sin doesn't just affect you or me. And I'll just tell you how many times in my life as a husband and as a father where my sin has affected my wife and my kids. My lack of obedience to God and his calling has affected them. And I can't tell you how many times in my office when people come in and they share with me the burdens and hurts, you know, sin and its effect is far-reaching. And when we start getting a glimpse of how far-reaching it is, then I believe it's kind of on this road towards repentance. But sometimes we are so short-sighted. Secondly, a lack of love for God leads to a lack of care for others. And I'll just say this another way. The more we love God, the more we're going to love others. Do you remember when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, one flows from the other. When this is going the way it should be going, this is going the way God desires it. So maybe check that out, because for Jonah, I think something was going on this way. He was not loving God the way that God desires and it affected this. And then thirdly, we have a mission. And I'll say this, even when I look back at Matthew 28 and I look at the great commission that we're supposed to go and make disciples, I still am perplexed. Why is this the way that God wants it to work? Isn't there a better way than entrusting the message of forgiveness with somebody like me and somebody like you? I don't get it. It's just his plan. It's just his plan. 
And going back to the Bible verse that Greg shared in the kids' message, you know, I really think it's, this is Jesus' way of saying, I get it, I understand it, and I'm doing something about it. So he compares the story of Jonah and in his despair and in his, you know, in sin, so to speak, being thrown into a belly of the whale. Jesus took upon sin, your sin, my sin. He took upon himself um, all of that yuck and went to the cross at Calvary and he was willing to die for you and me. Then he was put into a tomb and then three days, that's where he was. But here's the good news. In fact, it's great news. He rose on the third day. I know there was a time of despair and wonder during those days in the tomb, but the resurrection of Jesus says, I am victorious. I can take on the devil, the world, and your sinful flesh, and I could deal with it head on with all my heart, and I can make a difference in your life. So, my prayer is that during our time in worship, in your time alone, that God's Spirit would lead us to the cross of Christ where we are reminded that God spared nothing in order to get our attention. Not just for this earth, but for eternity in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen.
ministers to you from our 1C family. Please, please help my knee to continue to heal and help me have a good appointment on Monday. Dear Lord, please wrap my mother-in-law in your loving arms and carry her peacefully to heaven this week. For my mom who is battling cancer and our new baby on the way. For peace in my home and financial blessing. Please watch over me as I fly to Germany on Saturday. Please help me physically on the long flight, catching connecting flights, and during the long week of meetings. Prayers for Carol, for my husband's job situation and guidance to make some big decisions. For my dad to play well while he's on stage. Please help my friend. Please pull her family together and help her children to make good choices and guide them down your path. For all staff and residents at SOS, that we remain positive and look to you for healing and guidance. I humbly ask for prayers for Aaliyah and Matthew and their baby boy due in May, that you direct their paths, and if it be your will, then they be a family one day. For those with depression like me, those who feel alone in a crowd, and those who are filled with sadness amidst great joy, we are not okay, and that's okay. Thank you, God, for the fifth and sixth grade school kids of Gibbon, Nebraska. Happy 41st birthday to Heath. God's plan for you is still unfolding. We thank you, God, for keeping him strong in all these years, and please continue to strengthen him. I pray for peace, love, and harmony. I pray for my loved ones, find their peace, and their trust God's plan. I pray for my sister, Patty, who lays to rest her daughter, Jennifer, today. May you hold us all tight today and beyond. Thank you for my children. Please watch over and protect them as you guide them down the path you choose for them. Gracious God, in times of trouble, we run to you. In times of pain and suffering, we run to you times of joy and thanksgiving, we run to you. Father, we thank you for being there always, unconditionally and never-ending. We thank you for receiving our prayers and for your grace, mercy, and love through your son, <laughs> Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As God's people, we are joined together by the love of God, and also by what we believe, our faith. I'd like to take an opportunity for us to profess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come the living and the dead. <clears throat> I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy <clears throat> Communion of Saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. And as these two guys come up, um, I'm wearing red. 
You know what that means? Go whatever. <laughs> My team's not in it, but okay, go whatever. Yes. Yeah. All right, so this summer we have a great opportunity for students in 7th through 12th grades to go on an urban adventure serve mission trip. Three years ago, we went on a mission trip, um, and then two years ago, we went to an adventure camp, and this mission trip is actually going to be kind of a combination of the two. There'll be a couple days of adventure along with three days of, of mission work, and Harrison went to both of those trips, so just um, tell us a little bit by why you think it's important to go on a mission trip um, and, or an adventure camp. Yeah, so uh, three years ago, the mission trip to Minneapolis, we stayed there for a whole week, and every day we had an assignment um, to this boys and girls club that was in the St. Paul area, and we went there every day, and there were kids of various ages, like elementary school to high school, and um, every day we would just hang out with them and just be their buddies because like it was a club for uh, boys and girls that didn't really have like strong family connections and that was where they went. So we got to help them that entire week and bring them closer to God every day. So yeah, great. So that's the, the serving the mission part. How about adventure? How, how does, what does that do for you? And what did you like about the adventure part? Uh, the adventure camp? Um, that was in Kentucky two years ago, and like in the Appalachian Mountains area, we were um, in a campsite, and every day we were um, like we did uh, like Bibles, Bible studies, and like journaling kind of. And one thing that I really took away from it was like how to pray. I mean, there's no like right way to pray, but it was like what you should do in prayer, and I took that away, and uh, I think the most memorable thing from that trip was the hike up the mountain, and yeah, we started at our campsite around noon, and then later in the evening, we arrived up the mountain, and we set up camp and stayed the night there, and then hiked back down the next morning. Great, thank you. So this is an opportunity for people to get outside their comfort zone, maybe like that idea of Jonah going to Nineveh, whether that's an adventure part that might get you outside of your comfort zone or serving um, in a ministry, uh, three different ministries in uh, Milwaukee. So thank you, Harrison. Great. Uh, new Disciple Launch. Yeah, we have a New Disciple Launch February 23rd. And New Disciple Launch is an opportunity for you to learn more about 1C Church. So you get to hear from us about our beliefs, our history, our mission, um, and then if you'd like to join the 1C family and haven't done so, you're able to do that um, after learning more about 1C Church. Wonderful. Great. Uh, March 12th, we have a concert coming up. Actually, several bands that are going to be right here. And I just personally think this may be a great opportunity to bring people here who may or may not know Jesus and this would be a very, we'll just say, unique, maybe a safe way to introduce Jesus to them. So March 12th, get your tickets now if you would. Be thinking, also think about who uh, and pray about who you can bring to the concert with you and perhaps introduce them to Jesus. Also, to let you know, um, again, hopefully you got one of these on the way in or get one on the way out. You can find out what's going on in the life of the church and the front page, it says, opportunity to help those in need. Uh, probably a couple times a month, we have people that either call the church or stop in, and they have a need. And sometimes it's, it's food. Sometimes it's my electric's going to be cut off. Um, sometimes the needs are various. And um, we have a fund that actually we've used up and somebody said, you know what, I'll give $1,000 for the fund, but I would like it, to see, like it to be matched. And so we're not going to be using these funds until we get those matching dollars, because I want to honor the, the request of the giver. So if God moves in your heart and says, you know what, I want to give to this fund so that, you know, people have a need, we can respond. So if you would, just call the church office or um, communicate to me, and I'll make sure uh, your gift is placed there so people can be helped. So, thank you. All right, another song.
right? Let's stand. Let's worship. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light, anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight, anytime somebody lives their soul and be served, I know, I know, I know, I know. Everybody go in peace and serve the Lord.